I suppose the wrestlers do have kind of some background in acting. I mean, that's why The Rock's done so well, because he does have that well, charisma. When you say some background, don't you mean that's their whole career? You know, yeah, but no, their whole career is fake fighting. It's not acting. Well, I that's a kind, kind of, of acting. I suppose it's kind it's of the same. basically acting. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. But no. Act, fight. It's like acting slash stuntman stuff, because some of the stuff they do looks like it hurts quite a lot. Yeah, so they're, ac- they're actors that do their own stunts. Yeah. They're the Rowan Atkinson of the world okay yeah well that's two examples i think hulk hogan had a few movies i think he was pretty bad i don't think we can talk about hulk hogan anymore <laughs> stone cold he was in the i was going to say the, the constables or the conservatives that's not what i mean what's that film called the expendables he's been the constables, the constables. Uh, john cena's in a lot of films but you can never see him john, uh, good one john cena actually surprised me with how funny how, how good his comedic timing was uh, he well, is. He's an actor again. He's an actor and a general, a generally nice person. Yeah, he, he's he's funny and train wreck. And what else do I see him in? I don't know. He had a gun in a film. I know that. Yeah, much. he played some sort of like it was one of these terrible Amy Schumer comedies, but he was actually quite funny. Uh, and uh, I'm sure he's in Daddy's Home too, which I did not see. Ah, that classic which but but uh of the reviews the good reviews i did get many were praising mr cena and i know he's in a couple films coming up uh again terrible terrible comedy films but he might be all right you yep. never know so that's the wrestlers that are in movies <laughs> tune in next week for the next installment female wrestlers <laughs> that are in movies i can't think of any i don't know any female wrestlers that's where i that's where i'm going wrong Although Ronda Ronda Rousey, Rousey, Ronda Rousey, Rousey, she was in the wrestle. She is, yeah. Just to make a tiny wee segue here, a, 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 she went from actual fighting to pretend fighting. We've not really actually started the episode yet, but that is a thing that's happened. Ronda Rousey has gone from UFC, which is real fighting, to WWE, which is fake fighting, and the reason is and she threw she threw Triple H through a she table. She did. She did. Well done, James. I'm, I'm very uh, surprised you've got your finger on the, the pulse of popular culture here. I know things. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's because the money is better, A, and also B, it hurts less. And it's a step into actual acting. Yeah, well, she was in Fast and Furious 7 when she played like a Russian security guard and she wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. It's one of these ones where it's you're just watching Ronda Rousey. You're, you're, you're not believing in the character at all. You're just like, oh. There's Ronda Rousey. I wonder who yeah. she got that favour from. She's going to get a lot of practice in her wrestling career. The next film she's in, maybe you'll believe she's actually Russian. Well, maybe. But I, I think she's basically just copying Brock Lesnar. Like, Brock Lesnar has had no desire to, to act at all. But he's gone from UFC, where he was a legitimate badass, to the WWE, where he's been portrayed as a legitimate badass. He's been holding the main title for the best part of a year. And Ronda Rice is just going to do the same thing. I suppose. I mean, it's, it's easy money, right? Oh, absolutely. It's much easier than With the money we get. Fewer injuries. Well, yeah, that, that, that too. And also, the acting options are endless. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I think she'll do quite well. I'm sure she will. I, I, I will look forward to following her career closely. <laughs> Cease Operate episode one two two. James, uh, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm good. How are you? Colin? Decided to welcome you to your own show. It's just specifically me. <laughs> I, I don't care about anybody else. How's how, how are you, James? How's things? I'm great. I did my work today and it went okay. 
And now I'm recording a podcast. Well, uh, mine did not go so well. I ended up being sent to Uddingston to a council estate to vox pop the masses, to pop those voxes, yeah. after a suspicious item was found in right. a close between two houses yesterday. Okay, what was the suspicious item? Oh, it wasn't, it, I've no idea. It, the police wouldn't say, they just said it wasn't explosive. So clearly somebody's just left a bag of something. It's just a bag of needles. Potentially. And yeah, I was like, and hey. you're going about going, hey, what do you think about things and this really, that you didn't yeah, see? this really rough scheme where the first person I talked to had one tooth, one sole tooth. That's all it was. And uh, I was like, well, either I'm going to pop these boxes or I'm going to get stabbed. One of the two, I don't really know which one's worse. So you just did, you didn't get stabbed, right? I didn't get, no, I didn't get stabbed. I was kind of hoping, like genuinely was kind of like, someone stab me. That would be much more interesting than what I'm doing right it would, now. It would be a news story. It would, that. It would be could, an actual news story. yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was just pretty. You know, vox pops are horrendous at the best of times. But uh, when you're in a council scheme and you genuinely think there is a danger to your life, it makes it slightly more concerning. Are you being, are you being prejudiced, right now? Carl? Not at all. These people. I think you, know, you are. I think you're ashamed. I think you should be ashamed. No, they, well, these people who I would, you know, it's not like I'm walking through the west end of Glasgow. Put it that way. Where you actually are quite likely to get stabbed as well. <laughs> well, no, you're more likely to be offered croissants and avocado on butternut squash toast. Wait, avocado and butternut squash? On toast, yeah. I've, I've never had that. It, so, it sounds disgusting. I, I also, that's why, that's what the point I'm making is. It's like the opposite ends of the spectrum. And I was at the bad end of the spectrum. I was at the stabby end. Yeah, but you're a strong man. You can you can handle it. I was trying to like look tough, so I had my like my big jacket on. Did you pop your collar? Did you pop your shirt collar? No, 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 no. I, I didn't pop my collar, but because my jacket was quite big, it meant I could kind of stick my my shoulders out like an old fashioned cowboy, and you couldn't actually tell. Or an American president. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it made me look like I was really broad. Yeah. When in reality, you know, I've I've actually lost. You've trimmed like, almost two stone. So. <laughs> yeah, so I was just kind of walking around like swagger, hands in pockets, trying to look really like just annoyed. Uh, but uh, and thankfully, I did not get stamped. But some people were. One person demanded to see my ID. Oh, um, do you so have I, a news ID? I, I have two. Well, there, there was one, which is the Radio Clyde car. There's the second one, which is the Radio Clyde logo, which is on my phone. I suppose that's like realistic enough. Yeah. And the third one is an actual card, which says I am a journalist. Is that all it says? It, it says. I think I could make myself yeah, one of those. You could, you could. It just says press, but she was, she was not, uh, pun intended, impressed. Uh, so yeah, that was my day, and here, here we are, seesaw parade, here to discuss the news of the week. <laughs> one story of which is not the suspicious item in Uddingston, as much as. Uh, well, no, it is. That is it's now. not. No, it's not it's, news. It's of, no, because it's on the, it's on the podcast. It has never that's, been that's how you define news. <sighs> it was never news. It's not even explosive. Nobody was hurt. There was nothing. Oh, never mind. Never mind. There was a bag of needles in Uddingston. <laughs> okay, right. It's headlines. <laughs> anyway. I'm Colin, he's James. I indeed still am. And uh, yes, welcome to the show. We're going to talk, uh, oh, I'm not even going to get into the list. Just lots of things. Just prepare yourselves. <laughs> We're going to talk about stuff, hopefully fewer movies than usual. Now, last week, we uh, kind of sauntered through the entire show and then at the very end realized we'd forgotten about arguably the biggest story of the moment, uh, which is the shooting in Florida at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, uh, which happened about 10 days ago, almost two weeks ago at this point, 17 uh, staff and kids were killed by a lone gunman 
And uh, it's kind of been the fallout of that. So initially, it just looked like any other American high school shooting, just lots of words said, thoughts and prayers, yada, yada, yada. This time, to me though, James, it seems a little bit different. Okay. Because the students have really kind of, they seem to have had enough. And essentially, a, a number of them have, have uh, or hundreds, thousands of them have, have protested, have marched, have made speeches, have uh, essentially at- attacked various companies who support the NRA, senators, congressmen and women. As in non-violent, non-violently attacked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, online. The, the, way the, the way that the world attacks people nowadays on Twitter. Yeah, they, they bullied some people that have money. They did. So so the yeah. NRA, of course, the National Rifle Association in the States are the big, major gun lobby uh, group, and they essentially have lots of senators and Congress people in their pocket because they pay them lots. And after every school shooting, these politicians say, no, no, it's not the guns. We need more mental institutions. Pro- yeah. Probably actually need more guns while we're at it. So what's happened this time, though, is because of all this pressure, because of uh, the movement that this hashtag and hashtag never again has stirred up, companies have actually started to end their associations with the NRA. There has been Symantec, Hertz, Delta Airlines, United Airlines. uh, There was the first Bank of Omaha, I think, were the the initial company to do it. They've all ended their associations or discounts with the NRA. James, is this... An actual, is this going to end in anything? Because this so far is all very positive and all very like, yes, we're going to have change. Hmm. The NRA has a lot of money and that usually solves problems for groups like this. They've just got to kind of wait it out and then invest their money in PR and whatnot. So it just depends on how long the movement continues, whether people carry on protesting, carry on like actually feeling things about this rather than just wanting other people to solve their problems. I mean, because it's not like anyone in the group on their own can do anything, but as a huge group of people that are protesting the ease of access to like seriously dangerous weapons, they can make a difference because there's so many of them. So, so long as there carries on being a great number of people, we're looking, we're looking hopeful, and that's what we need. We need some change. Clearly, America needs a change. Well, there's been there's been a few changes suggested. One of which would be to raise the age at which you could buy a gun from 18 to 21. Yeah. Um, and sounds reasonable. Donald Trump, actually, uh, President Trump, has come in with a few things. First of all, he said that the NRA are on our side. Mm-hmm. I don't know what side he means. I think he just. I think he means the side of people that want to make money. Because he didn't really specify. He just said on our who's our side. Like who are you against? They're against the the bad people. <laughs> okay, well, the NRA have essentially resisted all change so far. Any background check bills have been lost on the floor of the Senate. And even the kind of movement to ban the assault rifles, which I think is what the attacker had, was I think it was an AR-5. And the chat was to... You know, to end these assault rifles and to to stop them from being sold, and even the NRA are one to to clamp down on that. I mean, they're not they're not going to concede an inch, and I think it's because they feel that as soon as you concede an inch, that's it. The Second Amendment's done. They probably do feel like that, but I don't think it's so much for them, or at least not for the people that have access to the funds. It's not about the amendment; it's about how much money they can make from their businesses that sell guns. Because the the more difficult you make it for the population to buy guns the less profitable a gun business is going to be, unless you hike your prices, in which case people won't buy them, and it's just a downward spiral. But there are people, I'm sure, in America that just love the idea of the right to bear arms, the right to overthrow the government if you need to, with 
said arms. But f- for the bigger guys in the group, and for all the people that they fund, it is just a money game. And in America, guns are a huge source of money. Did you see Trump met with some of the surviving students and he had a bit of paper with five things to say to them? One of which was, I hear you. Oh, no. Or, I hear what, you, I hear what you're saying. He'd actually it's jotted like, down responses to what they were, they were saying. He had his, like, cheat sheet for how to empathize. Yeah. With- victims I, I it's things i know that sometimes politicians need these kind of wee prompts but for something like that surely to goodness you know how to empathize with someone who's just had you know dozens of their fellow classmates killed well, the thing is he probably as trump doesn't know how to empathize without wanting to make a promise to solve the problem so that, that he's been given a cheat sheet of things that he's allowed to say that aren't going i hear you and i will do everything i can to get rid of guns now because right, he, he wants to be the man that solves problems. He wants to get say whatever makes him correct. So it's, it's less the fact I'm supposing. Maybe he has got just the worst memory in the world. Maybe he has no feelings. I'm going to be nice to the guy and assume he has those things. Okay. I think it's probably just the fact that he's well known for just saying things without thinking. So this is his folks trying to make him say just the correct things. If I, not too much or too little. If I change from my host hat to my opinion hat, if you don't mind, do you want to hold that hat for a minute? Yeah, let me let me reach across and get that hat from you. <laughs> Thanks. Mm, I, I, I think, have the hat now. You're welcome. I think that this is just the latest in the kind of ongoing school shooting, or even just mass shooting in America story. I mean, yeah, they might make small gains here there might be a ban on bump stock or or maybe even assault rifles maybe the age will get raised to 21 in certain states but you know in terms of an all-out ban that's just it's just not going to happen if it does happen happen. it will not be for decades because i think similarly to maybe issues if we look at maybe ireland with lgbt issues at the moment it's almost like they're catching up with the rest of the world it's a different generation it's a different era i think in the states you've got these youngsters who are looking at the issue of guns and be like hold on a second australia had mass shootings they banned them and everything's kind of better the uk had mass shootings at a primary school and banned them and everything's kind of got better why don't we do the same whereas i think the older generation in the states are still holding on to that the government are going to overthrow us if we get rid of the second amendment yes except i i don't think a gun ban is a generational thing I think, it, like based off of those examples, when it happened in the UK, it just was an immediate thing. But but, but that's because Australia, people were so struck by the horror of it. They were like, these yeah, yeah, children yeah. have just been murdered. Yeah, and it's the same in Australia. They were just shooting, they banned rifles, all the rifles got destroyed basically immediately. And I think it's just the fact that so many have happened in America now that they don't have the shock of it to immediately just change the law and everyone's on board and it, all those guns go away. I don't think it's similar because they're going to have to do all these small steps. And maybe it is the case of just waiting for people to die who are holding on to rights that do not really make a difference. But in America, there's not going to be the one, like for most other countries, the one day where everyone all of a sudden realized what was wrong. It has to be the slow steps that will probably start 
or we'll continue here. Okay, well, let's just, uh, before we move on to the, the lighter stuff, very briefly, I know this wasn't in the uh, the running order, James, but I saw North oh, Korea no. had, uh, oh, no. in a statement after their one of their generals met the South Korean president as the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang came to an end, in a statement said that they would be willing uh, to start up talks again. But the US have responded and said that any talks would have to correspond with the kind of disarmament of nuclear arms. So these talks are just oh. not going to happen then, are they? Yeah. I hadn't heard that second part. I knew that North Korea were willing to go to the table and talk to America. I kind of wanted nothing more than for Kim and Trump to meet. <laughs> that that would be that quite would be something, glorious. absolutely. And do, do, do you want it's still another like two and a half years to go? Because they would both peacock so much. I mean, there's still a lot of time. Yeah, but there would just be there would be such a display going on of masculine prowess from maybe the two least masculine people the, that I've ever seen. The side I kind of empathise with here are the South Koreans because every oh, yeah. noise that they've made has been very much a yes. This is a good idea. Let's chat. Let's talk. Let's discuss. Let's have some tea. Whereas the US have kind of been like the you know the taller big brother being like nope. You have to put down your guns first. Well, your nuclear weapons first. We'll see. Well, you know, the US will say, no, we're here. We're keeping hold of all ours. You have to put yours down first. Oh, yeah. No, they're making more. Oh, you asked your bunch of fannies. Just just for one minute. Just, like, be reasonable. Just go have a chat with them. See what, just figure them out. And then maybe you can go back and make more. Because there probably, there probably is a huge risk that out of the whole group, sending Trump or anyone that has to talk on Trump's behalf is going to end up embarrassed. They're going to be the one that messes up. They're going to be the one that just comes out looking weak. So they probably don't want to talk because they have no place to stand right now. Okay. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's go on to uh, some lighter stuff, starting with Jessica Jones. Uh, the second season of Marvel's TV show on Netflix is airing on the streaming site on March the 8th, which I think is a, just over a week away, a week and a bit. Uh, now, in a Seesaw Parade exclusive, can't believe I'm saying that, 123 episodes later. Is it, has it, has it actually finally happened? Carl? A Seesaw Parade exclusive. Now, I'll tell you what. All these promises, all these promises <laughs> that you've made over the years. Okay, now, let me just explain. Nobody on the face of the earth has this particular soundbite. I am the only one... Who has this? So therefore, it is a cease operate exclusive. Um, yes, so sure. I might have. Rec- I may have recorded it under the guise of another media outlet, oh. but that media outlet have not used this at all. So, right, ladies and gentlemen, so you can use. So, yeah, okay. Come on, like you've made it sound a little less okay. I don't it care. It's a lot, a lot more like we're we're just dealing some something on the black market here. <laughs> no, <I'm not> so keen. <laughs> Basically, no one else has this. We do. It's David Tennant speaking to Seesaw Parade when uh, when we asked him jointly at the same time what he was feeling about Jessica Jones's return and the return of the character Kilgrave. David, take it away. Well, obviously, I don't want to give too much away, partly because I don't really know a lot. I mean, Kilgrave's in it, which we, but he's not in it substantially. I think that's. I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, so I'm quite looking forward to watching it as a viewer and seeing what happens to that to Jessica next. Well, yep, that was not a spoiler. <laughs> well, there we go. It's some information. I didn't realise this. basically the same thing we said. It's like, oh, Kilgrave's in it. It's probably not in it. Well, no, but it's a bit It's a bit better coming from the actual source, the actual character. It is. It's confirmed now that Kilgrave appears, but probably 
isn't actually Can there. I just say, David Tennant is the loveliest man you'll ever meet. He is an absolute pleasure. He'd been doing interviews for the best part of an hour, and he still had time to sit down with me, right. which was great. Really nice guy. guy. Oh, top guy, top guy. Send him, send him all their love. Uh, He's, I, I do, I do, I do like the guy. So the, uh, I think a trailer came out for Jessica Jones uh, just recently. The, the new season, I think, is an interesting one because Kilgrave was such a good character, and yeah, you're right. If he is coming back, as as uh, David Tennant said there exclusively on Seesaw Parade, if he is going to come back, it's going to be in flashback <laughs> form. It's not, you know, the character's not being resurrected. Yeah, flashback form or like he's. Haunting the character's subconscious form, like she's having visions, yeah. stuff like that. Which I, you know, I, it's the argument that I we had kind of with Daredevil and Vincent D'Onofrio in season one as as Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. He is such a good in D'Onofrio's case. Wilson Fisk is such a good character that they didn't kill him off. Yeah. And they've kind of kept him along, which maybe lessens the impact of kind of his character and the gravitas he had. Regardless, he was so good that they couldn't kill him. Kilgrave, I think, is in the same kind of area in that he was excellent in season one. But yeah, you kind of had to give her a definitive end and they've given him that. So the least they can do is be like, hey, let's give him a flashback. Yeah, well, because the thing is that with the interactions that they had as characters... And for their whole span that we saw on the show, but also for their like made up history, of course, Kilgrave is going to be a overhanging feature for the rest of her existence. Like he, like he would, he would change her character. He'd stick with her, not in person, but just because that's that's how brains work. They just, bad things in your life stick with you. Well, that's uh. It's brought back down to reality there, James. Uh, thanks for that. Um, looking forward to Jessica Jones, I presume? I know. I'm sorry. I, okay. No, I'm looking forward to, to Jessica Jones. I hope it's good because Marvel TV has been on a, a proper decline in quality. It has. Day, from day one is a downward trend and it doesn't seem to be stopping. Yeah. Well, I think Well, I think the, the first real stinker was Iron Fist as we all agreed. I think there were certain elements of Jessica Jones. In fact, I really quite enjoyed season one. I I enjoyed season one. That's the thing. It was the second show to come out, so it's still up there at the top of the list. And then we had the likes of part two of Daredevil's season two, and we had the likes of part part, two of season two and part two of Luke Cage Cage, season one. Which, like, those were... Half of the show was good, half of the show was bad, and then Iron Fist came along and the whole thing was bad. Then the Defenders came along and it kind of just plateaued a wee bit. So this is... The Punisher was kind of mediocre. Yeah, the Punisher, I'd say, was, was about as good as the Defenders. The Defenders, yeah. So we haven't had a great increase in quality which I really want them to do is just to have one of the shows that is remarkably better, back to the original standard, not rushed. Uh, well, I'm hoping it's this one. Okay, anyway, let's let's move on. Let's go to some films. Terminator 6, I can't quite believe I'm saying this, Terminator 6 is set to start filming yeah. in May. Now, James, just just tell us, what's, what's the kind of uh, premise, or what is the film doing in comparison to the previous five films that have preceded it? Okay, so... Terminator 1, great film, Arnie's bad guy. Terminator 2, yep. great film, Arnie looks like he's going to be maybe bad or good. Oh, he's a good guy. <laughs> Terminators 3 through whatever, not really sure. 3, bit in the future, pretty bad. 4 was the prequel, prequel It was one, Christian Bale. But also, a, it was a prequel, but a sequel, depending on which character you're looking at. Uh, and it was terrible. 
the fifth one. I don't even think it constitutes a film. Oh, it was awful. The sixth one is just going to pretend that Terminators 3 through 5 never existed, which I think is a brilliant idea. It's my favorite type of retcon in which a new film just says, you know what? We've realized that the last few films were terrible. Ignore (laughs) them. It's fine. It's not as... Never happened. It's not like they're redoing some of the story elements and saying, this is the real thing that happened. They're just undoing them. They're going, they do not (laughs) exist. Wonderful. I hope they. I hope they actually do that though. Like they might come around and go. Actually, we're going to still have. Here's a quiz, James. Which franchise has done something similar to this before? Oh no. I got. I got nothing. It's X Men. Eh. Days of Future Past. Well. Gets rid of everything after X Two. Yes, but those still stand up in in the fictional universe as things that happen. No, 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 no. They they totally wreck on X Three because X Three was so bad. uh, The Last Stand. They just were like, nope. This is a great way to delete it. I'm gonna have to really think about it because I think technically X Three still happens in like one branch of of timeline. Where, and well, and the rest going of into the alternative future, universe, yeah. then. so I think that's what we're dealing with in the X Men is alternative timelines. I really hope that what we're dealing with in Terminator, even though it as a show lends itself, or as a series lends itself to alternate timelines, I hope they just are going for the never even happened, no timeline exists for that happened. Forget about it. I'm presuming Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming back for this, by the way. Yeah. Totally is. At this point, though, in reality, I'm not. I'm trying to be funny, but also not really. At this point, surely he must also be part robot or part machine because he must be pushing sixty. All of his limbs are probably robotic by now. <laughs> That's cool. Like, here's the thing: Arnie is going to be in Terminator Six. He's going to be in Kung Fury Two, and I don't know which I'm like more excited and scared about. I'm not excited for Terminator Six. It'll be terrible. If Arnie's in it, and they're forgetting about the old things, and it, like it might be good. But at this point, he's just more believable as like an old fatherly grandpa figure. He's not the yes, Terminator. So maybe they're going to Logan it. Maybe they're going to Logan it, and there's going to be an old Terminator. But he's done that already. They did that in the Terminator Five, and he tr- they were trying to make him like the comedy sidekick, and he was just terrible. Yeah, that was they made him comedy sidekick instead of like Loganing him and making him a dramatic character. I don't know. There's hope for this because we can have such low expectations that we might enjoy the film. It's one of those things where we're not gonna we're not gonna think it's good. Consider my expectations rock bottom right now. Exactly. So you can't possibly be disappointed. It will still be terrible. When we do film reviews, this is I'm gonna say this now. We're gonna start doing film reviews like officially eventually. This is just how life works. We talk about them all the time, so we're going to review them in writing eventually. Okay, right. We're not going to do a five-star system. We're going to do a did-it-meet-your-expectations system. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's move on. That's that's a, a, a discussion for another day. James Bond 25. Uh, details have been kind of thin on the ground for a long time uh, since essentially Spectre came out and everyone was a bit like, meh, that was all right. Wasn't that good. I didn't like it, certainly. That's one franchise I did not enjoy Spectre at all. No, oh, Spectre was awful. Oh, good. I thought you were about to say awesome, and I was about to punch you through, through the internet. It was awful. No, didn't like it at all. Anyway, James Bond 25, they've been struggling to find a director for quite some time now. We'll do it. Uh, they were... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, they tried Denis Villeneuve. He turned them down. They've tried uh, oh all sorts of people. But the latest name to be linked is Danny Boyle. <laughs> okay. Thoughts, James? I mean, Danny Boyle can make a film. I'm not really sure if he can make one <laughs> that is part of a a film 
series that he didn't do? I don't really know. Has he done that before? Uh, I so he did train spotting. One yeah, that two. was his own thing. That's his, he start. He had the full creativity. I don't know. I like he's a good director. He might be able to make a good James Bond film. Yeah, well, I see. I don't mind Danny Boyle, but I wouldn't say I'm one of these people who is like when I see a Denny Villeneuve film or Christopher Nolan. You know instantly. Oh, that's a Nolan film. Yeah, it's a Villeneuve film. It's a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, with Danny Boyle, he just doesn't really have that kind of style. He's just very workmanlike. Yeah, I don't think he's got a specific stylistic theme that follows him around. Yeah, even even Sam Mendes with Spectre and with Skyfall had a very kind of Sam Mendes style. And on the other names on the list, the one that sticks out for me is David McKenzie. Now, David McKenzie did Hell or High Water, which was the kind of modern Western, which almost, well, it was nominated Best Picture for the Oscars last year. Yeah. He also did Mud, which was Amazing. part of the Matthew McConaissance. Great film. I think he'd be excellent. He, he probably would I think be. he'd be a really good choice. But that's the thing with the James Bond films, is there has to be a formula. So it's just about a director coming in and I don't, I don't even know if they're involved in the story. They just get given a story and are told film this. So it doesn't really matter who films it. They'll have their own style. But because James Bond is at this point such a formula, it has to be a story that surprises us somehow to be good. So even if it's directed mm-hmm. well, which I would say Spectre was, it was bad because the story was bad. Correct. Well, the, I think the screenwriters are still in place. Uh, I couldn't tell you who they are, but uh, yeah, you're right. Story first. Anyway, let's very briefly, Jurassic World 3 confirmed for 2021. Uh, Yay. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's going to be dinosaurs. I mean, that means that the volcano doesn't kill them all. I, I think the, the idea that someone has, some theorist out there who I can't reference says that this film is going to be people saving the dinosaurs from the island. It's going to turn out that it's actually the bad guys that are saving them when they're taking them to sell in the black market. And the next film is going to be all the dinosaurs in on the mainland with people and cities and stuff. Okay. That's a, I mean, the, the new one is called Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And certainly in the trailer, they're all kind of running off a cliff. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happens there. I mean... Unless you've got an art candy. Well, yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they've got a big boat. Maybe, they, maybe <laughs> they've got a lot of big helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird just how much it's kind of running off this the second film of the original Jurassic Parks, which was just them on an island taking dinosaurs away, which this one seems to be as well. And if they end up in the big city and the whole film for the, the end of the trilogy, which I hope isn't just, it's going to end, is there, is dinosaurs in the big city? Great. Go for it. I don't really care what you do anymore. Just don't do the same film that we've seen already. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. We've discussed this before with franchises in that it's kind of the law of diminishing returns in that the the you know the sequel tends to be not quite as good as the first one and the third one tends to be even worse than the second one. So I'm not, again, I'm not holding out any great hope. I, th- I quite liked Jurassic World, thought it was all right. Uh, decent <laughs> popcorn muncher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I'm not going to rush out and buy it on DVD. But no, I'm never going to purchase it. With this formula, I mean, your main selling point is dinosaurs. So if you've got dinosaurs and you've got Chris Pratt looking pretty, then that's basically you. Welcome to a billion dollars. Okay, I yeah, know. Here's what Jurassic, the Jurassic Worlds need to do. They need to have dinosaurs. They need to have people being eaten by those dinosaurs. <laughs> but the people that are being eaten by dinosaurs need to deserve to be eaten. Yes. 
Because that's the mistake people. that the last film made was that random people got eaten and the people that deserve to be eaten did not get eaten. Okay, uh, time is running away. Sony's universe of, uh, of Spider-Man spin-offs uh, obviously is kicking off with Venom, but uh, the news this week is that Silver and Black, which is meant to be the next one... Not a Pokemon game. ...in the spin-off shortlist. No, not a Pokemon game. Silver and Black has been delayed indefinitely. Wow. Now, it already has a director... And uh, filming was meant to be starting in March, right. but because they don't have any cast members yet, and they've just brought in two writers, okay. uh, the delay is now being put in place. And who knows when this film is going to come out? Right, James. Any any thoughts on Silver and Black? Not the Pokemon game. So is it? Is this? This is a a, a superhero film that is led by two heroes, right? Or is, it, is, is Silver the good guy and Black a bad guy? No, it's the characters Black Cat and Silver Sable, who I right. believe are both women. They probably are. However, they don't have any casts done, so I think we could, we could go for this. They need two people. There's two of us. I don't know about you, but I've done drag before and I look dreadful. I'm, I'm, again, I'm slim. I can pull it off. Yeah, you could actually, to be honest. Yeah, so they just need to CGI you a wee bit. <laughs> they, can, they can do voiceover. In post. Okay. We're in. This is an application. I don't know how to send this to the right people, but the right people. I'll, I'll clip it up. I'll send it to someone. We're cheap. Our, rate, our day rates are not high. Okay. Anyway, Silver and Black, yeah, delayed indefinitely. I, because I don't know the franchise at all, I don't know the characters, I'm not particularly fussed, uh, but you know, I never know. Might get somebody big, might get some decent actors. If, if you, you know, get... Emily Blunt and Shorsa Ronan. Great. I'll watch that film. Yeah, well, what you, you've just made a decent suggestion. Don't do that. That diminishes our chances <laughs> of getting the roles. Okay, uh, very, very quickly before we finish up, uh, the Weinstein Company has this week filed Ooh. for bankruptcy. Yay. Yay. Uh, just, just thought we'd we'd pass that on to the listeners. I mean, yeah. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they were going down before the scandal. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then they- the scandal made them un- unbuyable. They'd been on the market for a while, and then after everything came out, nobody wanted to touch it, so yeah, looks like hasta la vista. Yeah, and like, sure, they funded some good films, but also it's the Weinsteins who, you know, let's just not not have the world associate with them anymore. Okay, James. Just get them out of here. Let's go into what have you seen? What have you been watching this week? Tell us. Um, I, I finished Fargo season three, and it was as good as I was saying it was last week. And Excellent. I also finished... After a very long time away from it, um, Vikings season five, which wow, was terrible. You've been Dream. watching five seasons of Vikings. Well, well I've watched. I, I watched them as they came out. So I watched the first seasons of first season of Vikings when it, and Vikings season one was fantastic TV, and it's just really absolutely genuinely it was good TV. Okay, it had good characters. They had mostly good motivations for what they did. It was well shot, well written, and then ever since then it keeps getting less and less grounded. They've tried to Game of Thrones it up, and they try to add intrigue, they try to do time jumps and things like that, and none of it has ever worked. It just is a confusing mess. I don't care for any of the characters anymore. I just want it to be done. Okay, thank you, James, for that. Um, let me just fill you in on what I've been watching. Three films, uh, two of which are up for kind of Oscars and one which has been uh, kind of slated on Netflix. Let's get to that one first. It's Bright. It's Will Smith's orc, elvish, fairy thriller as buddy fantasy, cop movie. It's, fantasy cop movie. Yeah, it's kind of a mix of all three. It's 
It's him and Joel Edgerton. I like Joel Edgerton a lot. He's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. This is a very peculiar film. I didn't even say that right. Percu- peculiar film. Per- peculiar. It's a very peculiar film in that people have described it as Lord of the Rings, except in modern times. Oh. And it, it could not be further from that. It's, that's just a lie. It is. I mean, it has orcs, correct. It has elves, correct. But, you know, that's literally Maybe the only it, things that are like good and it. bad. I don't think it deserves the slating it got from critics, but it's not a good film. It is fine, but it's just Will Smith being Will Smith. Okay, yeah. And you could have seen the ending coming from genuinely within 10 minutes. Okay, so... I wouldn't recommend you see this film, but if you're really, really bored and are a big Will Smith fan, Mm -hmm. fair enough. So even if you've got the lowest of expectations, just don't watch it. (laughs) If you've got like the lowest, I had my expectations were pretty low, and I was surprised as to you know just how bad it wasn't. Okay, it's not a good film, but it's not you know the worst thing to ever grace our screens. Right. So if you got a day off work and you're trying to have something, some noise on in the background, yeah, maybe this. Yeah, fair enough. Two things I've seen in the cinema. First of all, I Tonya, which is uh, nominated for Best Actress for Margot Robbie and Best Supporting Actress for Alison Janney. She will win that. I can almost guarantee it. All right. She is fantastic the film as a whole is a lot of fun it's kind of mockumentary style some fourth wall breakages going on it's 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 funny it's also incredibly sad uh, and it's it was based on the the true story of tonya harding which is fascinating but it's just a very very strong character driven well-acted movie and it will do very well, and Alison Janney, yeah, shoo-in for supporting actress. All right, that sounds, sounds, sounds much better. And, than... and Mar- Margot Robbie is very good as well. Yeah, sounds, sounds a lot more promising than Bright. Right, and the last one I've seen is, uh, at long last, Shape of Water. Ah, yeah. Guillermo del Toro's uh, lovely sci-fi romance. Now, this is... Oh, I, I absolutely adored this film. Okay. I'd, I will say, first of all, it's not for everybody, because certain people out there I know would watch it and would go, that was a load of rubbish. Right. The person I saw it with did not like it at all and said, actually, Splash, that Disney thing from how many, uh-huh. 30 years ago, 20 years ago? Okay. It was was better than The Shape of Water. I inherently disagree. So it's not a, it's not a casual film goer's film? No, it's not. It's, it's very much... Uh, you have to, I don't know, you just have to have a, an appreciation for it. It's not the kind of film which everybody will universally be like, whoa, that was incredible, visually stunning, well-acted, great story, excellent characters. There's some strangeness in it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There is. The The monster in question is kind of funny looking. There's no CGI, by the way. All right. Or very, very little CGI. It's all, you know, it's just a guy in a costume. Um, which is a little bit kind of weird to start with, but actually it, it's much better than if it was CGI. Like, he's actually just real. You can tell. It's not Uncanny Valley. Yeah, you can tell he's in the scene, yeah. Yeah, so I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, I think, again, is almost a guarantee to win Best Director. And yeah, some some great performances all, all over. I think the only right. negative bit yeah. I would put in would be Michael Shannon, his villain, mm-hmm. is so one-dimensional. Right. It's, I mean, they try and give him some depth, they try and give him some, uh, kind of some character traits, but just the entire way through, he's just, he's just like, oh, here's the bad guy. He's doing a bad thing. And now he's doing more bad things. Oh, what a terrible person he is. Okay, yeah. That aside. Oh, that's a, that is a shame. That aside, it's very, very good. Really loved it. Well, I hope it wins things, and I hope I see it fairly soon. Maybe not while it's still on the big screen, though. 
well, it's still out for a while. Go and see it. It is. I've, yeah, I've got, there, is a, there is that list of things to see, though, and I might as well just wait till they're all on one of the streaming services and watch <laughs> okay. them. Okay. Well, my, my goals for this week uh, before I jet off to LA, we'll probably get one more episode in before then. Uh, I would like to see Ladybirds and Coco, which I still haven't seen. Well, my mum says that Coco is pretty good. <laughs> well, there we go. That's Janice's seal of approval. Yeah. Did I meet her expectations? I didn't ask that. She's not part of that that okay. film review circle. Last but not least, time is getting away from us. Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn has backed the UK being in a permanent customs union with the EU. Yeah, yeah. And has also said he's avoiding the need for a hard border in Northern Ireland. And this is a massive shift in policy and really could see Labour siding with the Tory rebels against Theresa May. James? Power play, maybe? I don't really know. Well, I mean, it's just another one. It's another. It's another party going. Here's what would happen if the EU had no say in what's going to happen in Brexit, where the EU is the only people that have a say in what's going to happen. It would be great if we don't have a hard border, Ireland. But the only way we don't do that is if we do freedom of movement. So that's just not going to happen. I don't. I don't really see how anyone can try and say that they've got a stance of Brexit that is actually going to work. It's it's not it's not possible. Well, he was chatting with the BBC's Laura Kunzberg, who asked him what would happen if the EU said no to what he's suggesting, and he said, "Well, we'd continue talking to them because that's how you reach agreement." That's true. And I think you're right. I think yeah, exactly. In that, in that, as a you're right, not not Mr. Corbyn, you're no, right. Mr. Corbyn is correct though. In that. This is very much still kind of all wishful thinking. It's the the UK saying this is what we would like, and oh wait, oh yeah, I suppose we have to ask the EU, but oh, it's fine. You know, we'll get this through yeah. anyway. It's almost like having it being filled with their own self importance, without realizing. Hold on a second, this isn't really up to us, is it? It's not at all up to us. We're the we're the lesser population, and we're the we're the less wealthy. So it's up to the EU what really happens, what what they will accept and what they won't. We can't change. I think the only difference between the parties at this point, because you can ignore all of the things that they say about how Brexit's going to be, is what their response to the EU saying no is. Some people are saying, well, then we'll have no deal. And some people are saying, I suppose we'll keep talking. That's about it. Just to clarify, the, the difference is that the Prime Minister has insisted the UK will leave both the single market and the customs union. Yeah. And that it would, you know, it would negotiate its own deals afterwards. But Labour are obviously now saying, actually, no, we'll stay in the customs union. Yeah. We won't, we won't do the Norway model. We'll do our own thing. Yeah, but if we stay in the customs union, we will probably be doing the Norway model. Um, <laughs> so we won't tax their stuff and they won't tax our stuff, but we won't get a say on the laws that are, that govern our stuff. Well, frankly, I am bored of Brexit. Well, we've got one more year until we're out. And then we've got a lot of years of transition, and it really it doesn't look like it's going to be fun for anyone. <laughs> yeah, but the fun never stops here on Seesaw Parade. That's right. We're optimistic and happy. Featuring David Tennant. And we have celebrity friends. Yeah, celebrity friend singular. So, yeah, for now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you there might you be wait more. until episode 244. <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm aiming <laughs> to to see if we can get some more. Let's get more. But I'm not going to make any promises because those have been broken on many occasions. Every time we make a promise, it gets broken. We've just got <laughs> we've just got to surprise people with the good things instead of trying to build up to them. Exactly, James. It's been a pleasure. I will speak to you next week or sometime in the very distant future, depending on if we get a recording in before your holiday. Okay. 
Adios. Yeah, bye, Colin. And bye, everybody else, potential co-hosts for the time that Colin's away. Let me know if you want to be on the show.